Let's go, focus, breathe. Now pull the thing up. Go, 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 go. Up, you've got it, Rorden. You've got it. Stand, stand up. Very good. Still nice and tight. Airtight. 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 Welcome to the show. This is Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast with mm. uh, Rawdon and Tom. Thank you very much for tuning in and making the download. Yes. Program. The program. This is a special show and a big show. It is. Our special guest on the episode is Charles Walker. He's, well, this uh, is a, ver- a very own Charles. When we say uh, Charles, Ch- the Charles, the or, Charles. Or, or Clean Health Charles. This is the Clean Health Charles. Yes. So Charles Walker, he's one of our coaches down at the CHPC. He's also heavily involved in the education arm of the uh, the Clean Health Fitness Institute. Yep. Uh, he's got a degree in medical science. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just had a stint over in Harvard studying stem cell research and, uh, and cancer, cancer biology. Yeah. And, Quite and a ha- depressing. Yeah. <laughs> When he gave this, 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 the, the speech to us, it was... Uh, yeah, all the things that can... Every time you have a piece of steak with charcoal yes. on it, you're eating a yeah. mouthful of cancer. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. But look, we're going to talk to Charles today um, okay. predominantly about inflammation. Okay, yep. It's this term that gets topic. loosely bandied around. We want to find out exactly what it means. Well, what is the, it? What, what is it? What does it do to the body? Mm. How does it affect your body composition and your training and all that kind of stuff? Yep. He is a wealth of knowledge. It'll be fascinating to talk to him. I will say that he's uh, very good in uh, layman's terms, so yes. yeah, which we really dig. Yeah, yeah. You know? So half an arm in the lab coat there, I'd say. Yeah. We're going to have a look, Rawdon, at a uh, nutritional programming concept, yeah. something which has come up, and there's a scientific aspect to this, uh-huh. and then there's what happens in the trenches, uh-huh. uh, and there's whence in between. Okay. Um, so we'll explain this to our listener, and maybe, I mean, look, we've got a pretty savvy audience out there. We've got some people who are strength coaches and PTs and nutritionists yeah. who a listen. A lot smarter than us. Yes. I mean, listen to this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, with, with proper qualifications. Proper qualifications. Yeah, like degrees and stuff. And I'm sure they've had some experience with this as well, so we might chuck it out to the audience and mm. get a bit of feedback on the email, podcast at cleanhealth.com.au, mm. to see what you guys reckon about this, but we'll touch on that. Um, our supplement of the week, we're going to uh, have a look at curcumin. Okay, um, yep, yep, yep. Curcumin Revisited. Uh, we might even talk to uh, Charlie Walker about that as well. We'll spin the Under the Bar Wheel of Fortune, and there might be a couple of sneaky uh, studies floating around at the end. All right, excellent. But first up, and this is why the show is uh, is special... Uh, if we have a look, yes. <laughs> you've got a big smile on, on your face now. On. Usually sits there all grumpy yeah, and surly. surly. But he's in his civvies. He's got a smile on his face. He, he looks uh, fresh I've and well. I've got my baseball cap on sideways. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, next thing you'll be growing a man bun and, uh, and doing handstands I out will. on the footpath, mate. I will. I'll walk behind you just doing a hand. You look around and they'll be Whoop, walking upside by down. upside down. Yeah. But, mate, look, there's um, <coughs> some significant news. Those who are connected to the Clean Health Social Network have probably got wind of this uh, during the week, but essentially, yep. mate, after um, a good, well, it's almost 10 years or... No. 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 <laughs> oh, get that right again. Yeah, no, about five. 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 With, well, with you Dane. and I have almost been working together for five years, so yeah. maybe a little bit longer than that. Yep. But you, you've been the right-hand man that's clean health for a long time, and now you have spread your wings, so to yes. speak. You've yes. um, stepped back from your position uh-huh. in clean health. Yep. You're really focusing in on the the fundamentals that you're best at and your skill set working with IFBB 
competitors, yeah. prepping, bodybuilding, fitness modeling, male and female. Yeah. That's where your skill set lies. Yeah. That's where your passion is. Yep. Not necessarily crunching numbers and managing a gym. Yeah. And uh, you felt it was time to move on and, and start developing your own brand. Yes. And essentially with blessings from the big dog. Yeah. Um, you did have uh, some nice things to say. Yep. Yeah. You've stepped back and uh, the podcast here will continue. But um, why don't you sort of just give us a bit of a <laughs> put you on the spot, mate. Yeah. What, what you're up to and, uh, and yeah. where do we sit? Well, look, I mean, look, it's a... Yeah, look, it's an interesting question, Tom. And um, I'm going to give you an interesting answer. Okay. So... Yeah, and no, I like pretty much what you said, mate. It was, uh, I, I felt it was time I had the skill set, you know, enough people know me in the industry to, for me to do my own thing now. Yeah. And, you know, clean health, you know, I 100% say that's where I developed that reputation, I guess, and and uh, the presence in the industry. So, obviously, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been part of the, the clean health process that's allowed to open up, obviously, all these opportunities for me, you know, one of which being under the bar and, you know, I've been told by, uh, you know, you and I have been told by Dane, doesn't matter where he goes in the world, you know, pops up somewhere and, and, you know, someone leaps out from behind a bush and says, hey, we love Under the Bar, you know, yeah. give those guys a thumbs up. So obviously a big thanks to our loyal listeners and yes. uh, we really do uh, enjoy getting on and, uh, you know, create yeah. a bit of polywaffle with, a, with yeah. a, a little bit of content occasionally, which is fantastic so obviously and quite humbled that people in the industry yeah. listen to it it's, yeah. it's quite amazing <laughs> yeah exactly blown away i'm mean, still sort of uh, the mind boggles as mm. to why that actually happens but it does and we're thankful for that so um i guess first up i'll let a listener know that that's going to continue uh, at this stage you know under the bar will still be pumped out uh, every fortnight you can get your sink your teeth into another episode so i'm looking forward to i guess branching out like you said under my own brand i'm going to call it the the dubois method so my last name and my method of doing things i guess which is a you know you know yourself and our listeners probably em- embraces you know latest sort of research uh, science-based approach you know what the facts and figures and studies actually say but then also what i've seen touch of the mountain dogs and the milo sarchevs where you know they have seen what works for them in the trenches and uh and mix that with with just basic hard work you know that's yep. i guess my uh the way i approach things and um you know i'm not the easiest coach to, to work with and you know <laughs> very little praise as you know i mean yep. i acknowledge when they do well and and uh but that's about the extent of it but yeah looking forward to working with uh, uh competitors to prep for the ifbb uh, my choice to affiliate myself with the IFBB is that's essentially where I've had uh, quite a bit of success. So our listeners will know that uh, James Khan, first IFBB uh, Physique Pro in Australia. Uh, I'm also judging for the IFBB, uh, so I want to grow that side of things. The judging, I want to you know, become you know, one of the top judges in Australia. I, I really love uh, critiquing physiques, and uh, you know, uh, my last judging gig, you know, they were uh, happy with. Um, with, with how I did like my scores were, were consistent with theirs and it's great uh, Nathan Page hi Nathan if you're listening uh, he is the head IFBB judge one of the head judges in Australia and um, you know it, it's really good uh, that side of things it's you know don't necessarily like some of the, the uh, competitors that I pick for winning 
uh, didn't win and I sort of said to Nathan afterwards I said geez I didn't pick some of those but he said well that doesn't matter you know we know that you know what you're looking for mm. don't necessarily change fundamentally what you like in a, in a physique athlete or, or a figure competitor you know you might go for a, a more classical aesthetic type look where some of the other judges might be more condition wise you know maybe uh, stage presence things like that so yep. everyone has the, the little things that they look for in the Yep. Uh, competitors can't be obviously you can't pick whoever comes last first I mean yeah. you still got to have that eye for you know winning physique but which I, I really like that yep so you can have your own opinion uh, in judging which is exciting for me but yeah the Dubois method I guess uh, expanding that side of things I have uh, X amount of competitors I'm working with at the moment for the New South Wales championships Victorian championships uh, amateur Olympia uh, coming up this year as well and then next year the Arnold Classic I'm working with some and then the Amara Classic in Perth as well but yeah, exciting time. So that's what I decided. Reason I decided was, um, uh, I guess, some internal uh, restructuring within Clean Health, and uh, it was opportunity for me to, um, you know, move on amicably with Dane and the rest of the team. You know, uh, I just thought it was it was time for me to. Yeah. I, I'd done everything I could at Clean Health, uh, and getting back, like you said, what I am really passionate about, and uh, that's working with clientele uh, for you know competing, getting up on stage, and. Uh, Obviously, continued learning, which for, uh, over the last, you know, however long I've been in the club manager position at, at Clean Health, you know, the I guess the learning side of things has been put to one side, and I haven't mm. actually, aside from working with Milos for the six months there and a few other, uh, you know, had a yeah, uh, been time sort of with, with Meadows and... Um, learning you know, management skills as opposed to, uh, you know, body composition skills. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. what I'm passionate about. I just yeah. love that side of things. So I'm really look, excited about expanding what I know and, and yep. working with um, some, some guys I want to spend more time with uh, Menno Henselmans. I want to uh, do some online coaching with him and some things I want to explore and uh, a lot of books that I haven't read. So yep. I'm excited about that. But yeah, that's basically what's happening. Yep. So really still uh, on good terms with Dane and uh, clean health and there's no uh, bad blood, no no underlying issues as to why I've left no. or anything like that. It's um, And obviously, uh, I'm gonna, I love doing the podcast. It would be uh, silly for me uh, uh, to, to not uh, yeah. continue with this. And you've made yourself uh, available to all the coaches in there to, to talk with, to consult, to educate. Exactly. I know, you know. Um, Dane's suggested he would like to get you back in from time to time in an educational capacity. Yeah, man. You keep doing the podcast, so yeah. it's, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, a few of the guys were, were a bit, it's just like, hey... <laughs> I live one train stop away. I mean, yeah, Schnitzel's already been out. Dan came out. You know, we had a coffee and a bit of a chat. So, you know, I'm always there for all the coaches. Uh, So, yeah, that sort of things will, will, yeah, that'll be fine. Yep, yep. Exciting times. Continue with the podcast and to contact you, the Dubois Method at gmail.com. Or info at the Dubois Method.com. Right. Either of those two. Either of those two. Well done, mate. All right, mate. Well, let's sort of set this up. Meat and nuts. What are we getting into, A bit of meat and nuts here. So this concept of nutritional programming. So, right, why don't we create a scenario? So I've decided... Because I don't know where we're going with this. No. Uh, As usual, you say, would you like a running, you know, to find out what we're talking about? I said, no. No, no, no. I'll just go go loose. Just uh, put me on the spot. So, uh, mate, I've decided to prep for uh, an IFBB show. Okay, uh, okay. Well, wait a second. That you, yeah. This is a scenario. <laughs> I thought scenario. for one yeah. second that's what you're saying. Yeah. I am, what the? Uh, okay, yeah. cool. I've sent you an email through to info at the Yep. Uh, we got in contact. So you're going to start with me. And let's say you get me in there. 
Body fat's looking pretty good. I'm lean, so mm -hmm, we've got a bit mm -hmm. of time to play with. Let's put on some mass. Yep. Righto. So obviously we need the appropriate training stimulus, but, yep. but driving that, we need the calories. Yep. And let's say you bump me up 10% over baseline, 20% over baseline. Put mm -hmm. on a bit of mass. Mm -hmm. Happy to wear a little bit of body fat. Yep. And then over the period of the months, you increase the volume, you're increasing the calories. Maybe you drive me up to, say, 40 or even 50% over the, the unheard of time, but the, yeah go on the, i do take people up that high over the bmr as in the initial um physiological requirement that, that yep. i have for calories to be do at base, to yep. do what i do yep right you've driven me up there mm -hmm. we've had this nice length of time i have put on a little bit of lean mass mm -hmm. a little bit of body fat with it yeah but cool. that's okay we can work with that now we've got a nice tapered run we've got plenty of time to work into the comp that i'm doing mm -hmm. so let's say i'm at 50 percent over the baseline that I need, right? All these calories, massive surplus. In theory, and, and factoring in any increase in lean mass, which may mm -hmm, put mm -hmm. a few hundred calories on yep. the original BMR, factoring that in, reducing my calories then back down to something in the area of 40 or 30%. Yeah, or for, even baseline. Yeah, okay, so some sort of reduction. Some sort of reduction, anywhere between the 50 and the baseline, say. Okay. Any, any reduction there, in theory should represent a relative deficit in calories to me yep. and in theory the result should be that i lose body fat yeah okay and there's and <laughs> <laughs> go on yeah so this is what we're discussing mate because yeah. we all understand that theory and there is science behind well, well, it well, well not not all i mean i mean some may not i mean some may disagree but that that's how you and i uh certainly see things and We've had things explained to us uh, in yes, the past. Yep. Yes, but in application, in the trenches, it doesn't seem like it always necessarily works that way. Yeah. It seems like you can have the big surplus and everything's going going great. You pull the calories back and they'll certainly display the, the symptoms of a, a deficit. Hungrier, They're hungry, uh, you yep. know, all that kind of stuff. But the, mm. the body fat, there's no significant really change in the body fat mm. until you actually take the calories once again back below what the baseline is. Yeah. And then you see some good fat loss. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of funny things that come to mind there. You talk about when you drop calories down, you said that the signs are there and they're, you know, pissing and moaning about the, oh man, I'm in a calorie deficit. I'm so hungry. It's like, dude, you're still 30% over baseline. You, you know. You're in green pastures. Yeah, like let's, let's just uh, get a grasp on reality. But yeah, definitely. I mean, we had this conversation and, and, and I guess what prompted this was a discussion that we had with touch of the unevs so yep. he was uh, addressing the education to the team and you know, it was a question that I posed and uh, you knew where I was coming from it, it sort of whoosh, over uh, Stefan's head, head yeah. whoosh, over his head again asked it a third time whoosh. yeah the fourth or fifth time he it sort of uh, he understood I think what I was saying and he concluded no definitely not until you drop below true BMR baseline calories for that given day training once a day twice a day whatever that is whatever calories you require on that day you won't see any fat loss yeah. And then he also, you know, on the back of that would argue there's a reason not to go, you know, too far beyond because, you know, take the calories up to a point. Uh, so there's a surplus, but then, you know, there's no real... Uh, and, and I sort of agree with that a little bit too. Like yeah. I don't see a ton of, like, from 30% up to 50%, I don't see, you know, a huge increase in muscle mass, you know. So I have, I probably do agree with that to some yep. regarding not going, you know, excessively above baseline calories however with that it would be a case-by-case -case basis i.e i'm working with a ifbb competitor she's a female she's older her baseline uh, bmr is, is quite low i think it's about uh, 14 15, 14 or 1500 calories because of her age and yep 
and her weight. Now, you know, I go 50% over, shit, it's only like two and a half thousand still. Like it's, yeah. it's not big yeah. numbers that you... So it's all relative to the... Obviously for me, uh, baseline, well, I'm old as well, so my baseline's not very much either. But someone, say, a 20-year-old with a, yeah, a body weight of 100 kilos, I mean, their baseline's probably 3,000. Yeah. And, you know, for them to go 50, you know, uh, 60% over, you're up around four and a half thousand calories. And, you know, they're going to... To get four and a half thousand in good... Uh, quality food, uh, selecting your macronutrients well. I mean, that's a big ask. You yeah, know? it's a fair bit of food to, to shovel in. So, case by case basis in that regard. But to get back to you and I, both agreed that uh, that we don't see any significant fat loss anyway until we drop past that that true baseline. Yes. But but uh, but I still think the the drop in the calories is it should warrant some fat loss. And, and yes. And what I sort of conclude by listening to Stefan and then, because um, I thought it w- w- definitely would, you know, you re- I mean, you're s- like you're not re-establishing a baseline at, at 3,000 calories because you're consuming 3,000 calories. You are yeah. establishing a higher BMR, sure, but there's a multitude of factors that come into play. But I still think that you do get some fat loss. I think that you don't get much fat loss so it's it's a small amount of fat loss it's it's but you will get some fat loss mm. you know you'd have to you know maybe dexer at, at three then yeah. and then dexer again at two Could and a half thousand like a little bit of visceral fat or it, something yeah, like that but definitely some some fat loss and but you don't see true significant fat loss until you start dipping below that that yeah. true bmr but and Dan Gardner, who we've had on the program before, who's a very uh, well versed, yep. yeah, the nutritional science side of thing, he definitely agreed, and he he put it in a quite a you know white lab coaty sort of definition. But he he even alluded to the fact that you you spoke about increasing calories, your body fat goes up a little bit. Well, our listeners might not realise that body fat actually requires energy as well. Yeah. So you know, throw in a, a slightly higher body fat percentage, and that's going to uh, in, influence your, your your resting BMR as well because it requires energy. So it's a it's a an endocrine gland yes so it does require energy to maintain that level of fat mass so lots of variables that contribute to why the the bmr actually true bmr does go up but he did definitely say you will get some fat loss not significant but you will get some fat loss dropping calories from 50 percent over to 30 percent over 2010 whatever yep. you're not going to see those big changes that we're really looking for that's going to get the client hey man i've lost body fat this is great yeah yeah until you start dipping below yeah. so again it comes back to having a nice length of time so you can go up to whatever then slowly increment the reductions down because you are going to get some fat loss short press for time you don't really have that luxury of going from 30 down to 20 down to 10 down yeah. to baseline then creeping down and you know short time frame i will go through the 30 40 over then back to baseline then below baseline cool. I, I probably won't but in a perfect world we have uh, 12 months to get the client lean then i would certainly advocate those smaller increments smaller down from yeah. that um that higher bmr yeah. the other benefit of being more aggressive with your drop in calories is that you do see that nice shift in body fat and the client gets motivated they get motivated they see things happening yeah Yeah, and and you probably find that as well you know it's sort of like oh well the calories are down we should see some fat loss and we don't really see a huge change on the calipers but that's not the be all and end all the calipers like you said it could be you know fat off the back of the neck or you know who who knows knows or eating that even eating you know if you are eating that much there probably would be some sort of visceral fat that might come on yeah you you drop a bit of fat around your organs that goes very quickly once once the calories come away and the other thing is you know like when you are you know looking at these um true bmr type model i mean what is what constitutes a true bmr i know for for my money i tend not to look at the non-exercise 
activity thermogenesis, the NEAT, which uh, yep. Lyle talks about. Lyle McDonald. Yep. Yeah, Lyle McDonald. So the thermic effect of food, I don't really factor yep. in. And also the exercise activity thermogenesis as well. So eat. So eat, NEAT, and uh, thermic effect of food like that, if you look at a, a true, true BMR, adds up to, you know, BMR is probably 70% of what your total uh, daily energy expenditure is and then there's you know you got your 10 to 15 for uh, non-exercise uh, activity thermogenesis you got your thermic effect of food another 10 percent yep a natural exercise activity thermogenesis uh, also another 10 percent so and i think that's where you'll see you know varying degrees like some drop at certain levels and some may take more because you're not dropping below what their actual true bmr is you yes. know and that that's ultra hard to to factor in all those very very hard to yeah. take into consideration all those those incidental type uh, thermogenesis that, mm. like i just described so that's the other thing that really confuses things and and that's why right. it can vary from your client to my client well your client sits at a desk all day exactly my client and perhaps once the calories have come down to a significant level for that client all of a sudden they find themselves sitting at the desk longer they don't get up and Exactly. Carry, the, carry the shopping bags to the car because they're just they're tired and they're hungry and they can't be bothered yeah and, 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 and that also plays a role like it, exactly the point you're saying and, and yeah like you said they just don't have the energy to use the stairs so they use the lift so even though they, they they're, park con- closer they're consuming to the, less calories they're, they're burning less calories so the energy balance is exactly the same as it was the week before exactly and they're more so the, the, that's why you know fat loss and um, it, it is really hard yeah. to, to really <laughs> nail the perfect Fixed. formula for yeah, everyone for everyone because like, yes. more often than not you know they're doing something that they that they don't realize they're doing and they don't tell you or, yeah it's sort of hard because it's, it's it's intuitive yeah. and, and you need to know the individual you need to have uh, an honest rapport they need to be completely transparent uh, full disclosure I mean there's a ton of variables and even then you're almost need a crystal ball and, and okay metabolism is going to plateau about now because they've been depleting for five six days mm-hmm. and their calories have come down from here to here so they're this far below bmr but is it true bmr mm-hmm. uh you need that crystal ball to say well oh, shoot, they, they're going to plateau now yes. so let's throw in a you know four days of slightly above baseline calories let's try and re-establish healthy leptin levels trick the body into thinking that things are back to normal then start depleting or start the fat loss cycle again mm. after that. Mm. I mean, if that's, I mean, you... you well, uh, it's funny because this is what I'm experiencing now. I have a photo shoot in three weeks. Yeah. And essentially the dieting process for me now at maybe 5 or 6% on the calipers compared to 8 to 10 on the calipers is a totally different ball game because, different. as we know, leptin levels, whilst they fluctuate very rapidly with caloric intake and food ultimately the longer term they'll always correlate with body fat levels yeah so the leaner and leaner you get you have less fat so you have less of the organ to produce the leptin yep sure you can bump them up for a couple of days with some calories but those calories will only give you a a short spike in leptin then it has to reset back to the appropriate level with your body fat yeah that's where the the real mastering of it becomes harder and harder because you you just can't outrun that process yeah and and okay what essentially what are you doing you're applying more and more stress on the body okay and and here lies the issue we know that i mean uh i'm sure charles will go into a bit more detail with this with uh information but we know Stress can be physical with the training and the cardiovascular training that we're, we're uh, providing or recommending for our client, but also the physiological stress levels, which also are going to ramp up cortisol and, and stress the body out, yep. which, you know, more stress on the body, you know, things are going to uh, plateau much sooner. Um, 
so and, and really i mean you know it's a it's a surprise any of our listeners or, or we as coaches get anyone lead it's a <laughs> it really yeah, is, it's, it a, is, it is. A, it's a game of uh, of luck and yeah. and uh guessing you know with with obviously method some method, method to the madness, behind but it well, let's chuck it out there. Uh, anyone, I know we, we do have a lot of people who work in the fitness industry that listen to this podcast. Mm. What's your guys' experience? Send us an email to podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. Have you found that uh, bringing someone down from a, a surplus of calories in small increments whilst they're still above their baseline, baseline in inverted yeah. columns results in fat loss? Or have you found that perhaps better results occur when you always take them back below the baseline? Yeah. Let us know. We'd like to hear from you. Podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. A quick one here, Rawdon. Yep. Um, we're just touching back on curcumin. You and I have spoken about this curcumin. curcumin on the program before. I'm not sure what episode that was on, but essentially curcumin is the orange pigment in turmeric. Mate, uh, we're just rehashing all the old stuff. The old yeah. stuff. It's a potent antioxidant, lots of health benefits, blah, 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 joint, blah, blah joint health, blah, blah. whatever. Essentially, I have been taking a high dose of curcumin for 10 to 12 weeks. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. You're going to give us our... Yeah, I'll give you my feedback. Okay, great. Basically. And we can talk to Charles about it this later in the program in terms oh. of... All right, so the curcumin, uh, again, Christian uh, Tabita, I think he was uh, big on the curcumin, loves it. Loves uh, it. The consensus is quite a uh, an en vogue uh, type supplement. Yes. It's sort of newish. And they call it the new fish oil. New fish oil, right, yeah. okay. So we know that it's a potent antioxidant and uh, anti-inflammatory. That's right. So, um, or on paper, it's uh, it's supposed to be. It's supposed so you're going to gonna be, give so. us a bit of a, yeah. a lowdown. So I started taking the curcumin a while back uh, when Dan Garner, who we mentioned before, yeah, was doing... Yeah, Chalky Milk, Chalky Milk, Milk Dates. Yeah, anyway, blah, blah. I have been on a consistent, a reasonably high dosage. So I've been taking between... I started off with... 4,000 milligrams a day for about four or five weeks. Yep. And then I've gone down to now 2,000 milligrams a day. So I'm having 1,000 at breakfast and 1,000 at dinner. I wouldn't say that's a big dose. That's eight tablets a day, you know. Yeah. So oh, they're 500 milligrams. 500 milligram okay. tablets. So, okay. uh, you know, it's uh, for the average punter out there, probably not taking that eight tablets of curcumin. Yep. And I have found an unequivocal significant reduction in my joint pain. Yep. And that has always been a limiting factor with me. That obviously the knees have been flaring up. It, since it, and let me, you know, let our listener know. Like when Tom uh, has to do a lower body workout, there is so much fluff <laughs> that goes on. He, he foam rolls. He's got these little bands he puts around his knees. There's yeah. a uh, a, the, uh, uh, a process to really get the lower body. Uh, moving, yeah. moving, but as pain free as you as, possibly as can. Possible, yeah. And even then, there's pain when you when you train. You don't, don't, don't exactly invariably get away from it. And then it's and then recently it's become the the elbows as well. So having yep. to get my knee into the elbows because they're yeah. just chronically sore from if you yeah. just do any chin up or curl and whatever. Yep. And then over this period of time, I have noticed a significant reduction in all that joint pain. Interesting. And, and the one variable is the curcumin. And what they do say that curcumin is very good at is reducing inf- joint pain. Okay. As a result of inflammation. Okay, okay. So, question mark over the, the other uh, benefits of curcumin, but the one that they, they definitely acknowledge for joint pain, curcumin is curcumin a go-to supplement. Is, is a go-to supplement. And you and found I've, that? I've been taking it for a consistent period of time and noticed a significant reduction in the joint pain. Okay, so across yeah. the board you've noticed it. Across the board I have, I have noticed it. The kind of curcumin I've been taking is a curcumin phytosome. Okay. Um, we might get Charles to explain that in a bit more detail yeah, later in the program. Code on. 
But there have been plenty of studies they've done on curcumin. They've found that the basically when you absorb the curcumin into the bloodstream, the phosphatidylcholine that's attached to the curcumin results in more of the curcumin getting into your cells. Okay. And that is the great benefit in terms of the overall inflammation. Right, getting into the cells. So maybe Charles can explain delve the into there. You know, why that yeah. actually happens. Okay, cool. But I'm giving curcumin that's the thumbs up. Fascinating, good. A thumbs up for curcumin. Curcumin. Just the most enjoyable part of the show. Very enjoyable. I'm sure, the listeners are sick of it, but bop, I really like it. Bop, bop, bopping the head. Clean health podcast pack, deluxe shaker, stainless steel water bottle, drawstring, gym bag, cooler bag. Cam, if you wouldn't mind spinning the wheel, please. It's a very uh, offensive shirt that he's got on today. He has. Ooh. It's a big one. Ooh. Just uh, drink your shake there in between uh, yeah. radio uh, <laughs> rocking the mic. Yeah. Loose. And our winner is subscriber oh. number 248, Eddie wow. Mitchell. Eddie. Eddie. Oh. Eddie would go. Yeah, Eddie would go. Mm. Eddie's gone. Gonskis. Thanks, R. Eddie, R. for being a part of the program. Anyone who'd like to uh, go into the draw to win the podcast pack. It's a decent decent price. It's a decent price. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it is. It's actually worth going to the effort of emailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah just to sign up. I mean, yeah, what's yeah. the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> Overseas listeners, sign up. Sign up. Yeah, yeah, we'll send yeah. it over to you. Uh, podcast at cleanhealth.com. No, no, no. Cleanhealth.com.au forward slash podcast. Enter your name and email. Okay. There cool. we go. Gee, it's, uh, it's like the matriarch's cracking out a glass of red wine over there. She is. That's very exciting. Well, maybe it was the uh, the allure of you dropping your strides the other week. <laughs> Still, uh, you know, you, you, you know like some yeah. things once you see, you can't unsee them. That's right. That's it's right. Just every time she looks at you, she sees you just discreetly bending over, uh, dropping your strides. Yes. Special guest time here yeah. on Under the Bar, the Clean Health yeah. podcast. As mm. mentioned at the top mm. of the show, we're going back in-house. Yes. Um, one of our uh, one of our most unique trainers down at the CHPC. That's a nice way to describe him. Uh, Charles Walker has mm. just come back from a stint at summer school over in Harvard, mm. where he was uh, looking into stem cell research and uh, cancer biology. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. done a degree in medical science and biomedicine, and uh, he's been around, done a few studies, spent some time in uh, Queen's University in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, done the bulk of his studies back here in Australia. He's obviously one of our PTs down at Clean Health, but he's also heavily involved in the uh, education side of things down there. Yeah, look, you call him a PT. I, I call him a performance coach. It's, it's my and, mistake. Yeah, and uh, and look, he is uh, very well versed in uh, pretty much everything. So uh, it doesn't matter what you ask him, Tom, he'll have a, a very educated, articulated response. Yes, yes some so. sort of uh, lab coat-based polywaffle. Well, yeah, like the, I noticed you're in yours and I got the Bunsen burner just, just you know, <laughs> fluffing away next to me there. So I'm excited. So we're going to talk to Charles today about some of the things he learnt while he was at Harvard. Uh, we'll talk about inflammation and uh, relate a few of these things back to training and body composition and, yep. and just a discussion around general health. So, Chuck, mate, so thank you for your time and uh, welcome to the podcast, mate. You're really gracing some rarefied mm. air right now. Mm. Yes, thanks for having me. It's yes. great to be here. Now, mate, just basically around your field of studies, medical science and biomedicine, how did you sort of get into that and what was the what was the motivation there? Because I know from an early age, training-wise, you were, um, I think you went and did a, a hypertrophy camp with Charles Pollock when you were 14. 
No. no, no. <laughs> Where did you get that from? Uh, I got 14. Where were we? I thought it was 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was in primary school, I was doing a polka cat. That's what I thought mate, he told me. 14. Give me, give me no, a puff no, of the no. hoochie <laughs> there, buddy. What's going on, mate? <laughs> I, uh, well, how old were you? I was 20. That's oh, nowhere near his I, I thought you were 14. Yes, yes. Uh, well, he, he, he looks 14. Yeah. He does have youth on his side. Fresh-faced. Yes, baby-faced. Baby-faced. Anyway, back to the original question. <laughs> um, I started... I saw a dietitian, I think, when I was 14 or 15. Ah, oh, that's where you got yeah, it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> kind of a chubby kid back then. Yes. And the dietitian advice was pretty horrible. They said, you know, grab, uh, grab some crackers and cream cheese. Uh-huh. You can eat crumpets. You know, yeah. just don't, don't put too so. much Nutella or, you know, honey or whatever. Mm, mm. Um, but the bulk of the kind of nutrition advice was pretty horrible. Mm. And so I started reading up on it. And I remember this clear experience of me realizing I can actually change my body by eating differently yes. and that kind of spurred on more research into diet and stuff so from the age of kind of 14 15 I was reading up on, on all of that stuff and yep. then it just kind of got more and more into training and more and more into uh, science yep. so I did science all through high school as well yeah and it just kind of followed on from there okay yeah. interesting. interesting well I mean I guess that's one area where traditionally your general practitioner is probably a little weak and that's in terms of the nutrition side of things i think they get a week don't they or a well, couple of days day. I, I think yeah. they get one lecture one yeah. lecture yeah. on nutrition yeah. there you go it, it could be changing now but yeah yeah hmm. uh, I, I will uh back in the day i, I regret not uh i actually when i was leaving school was thinking about dietitian and nutrition and all that type of stuff yep obviously i didn't, I didn't go to university but um but I wish, you know, retrospectively now, I may not have ended up here, of course, if I did. But um, but it was something that I was fascinated, in back, fascinated uh, with back then, the nutritional side of things. So I, I share your, your passion in that regard. You mm. obviously mm. pursued a little more than I going to university. But yeah, awesome. So uh, you've just been over at Harvard um, for a stint at uh, summer school there. Yeah. So um, how has uh, that experience been for you, mate? That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, uh, they deserve the credit that they get. The teaching there the facilities there are yeah. really really world class yep. um, yeah absolutely brilliant beautiful campus too it, we will tell a listener that um, before Charles went over uh, it was like yeah you know <laughs> party time at Harvard and, uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he sort of suggested well you know if, if you call you know 12 hours study a day uh, partying then yeah I'll be partying I think it was pretty close to that wasn't it you didn't yeah. actually have that there, much there are a few uh, days where I got eight, eight to ten hours of you know sitting a day yeah. and run out maybe train a little bit uh, yeah. played a soccer comp and stuff over there but the majority of it was less partying and a lot more sitting down reading yeah. studying and yeah which kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, it sucked in one sense, but obviously that, that, that's what, I mean, for, for our listeners, there's no Charles. He is very much uh, learning. Uh, Focused. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it would suck in one regard, but I'm sure the, the geek side of you would have uh, really, really loved it. The geek side of me it. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. loving it. it because, you know, he's just, uh, you know, 14 when he went over there, Tom. So that's right. <laughs> he's exactly. still partying, you know, yeah. still got, in his blood. He wants <laughs> yes. to party, you know, but... Uh, yeah. Fascinating. So why don't we focus then on the on the geek side, try and tap into that, Charlie. Yeah, definitely. Let's have a look at this topic of inflammation. That's one of the areas that you studied in more detail while you were at Harvard. And it's, yep. a, it's one of these terms that get um, bandied around. Uh, inflammation is the cause of all this. Inflammation is the problem The root here. of all evil. The root of all evil. But mm. it, it's really hard to define what exactly inflammation 
is it's such a broad term so from uh, I guess your perspective from a medical perspective how do you define inflammation yeah well that's the thing I've uh, I've taught a few internships and I've done a few lectures and uh, I always ask do you guys know what inflammation is and typically people start you know their eyes start moving off glazing over or no one no one knows what uh, sorry I didn't mean to <laughs> no no one knows uh, precisely what the definition is yeah. so mm. I started going into textbooks they know of it but they don't know how to yeah, describe so it so yeah. people say oh don't get too inflamed you like, you know you, you won't lose fat or you yeah. won't gain muscle or yeah. you know you won't get the result you're looking for and then it kind of begs the question what is inflammation yes mm. so i started looking through textbooks and uh, you can find like six seven hundred references of the word inflammation without it being accompanied by the word is defined as, yeah. as the words right right so inflammation is just your immune system turning on ah, right? okay. so, so your That's immune simple. system is always on somewhere like uh, all your blood it's full of immune cells all yes. of your organs your skin is absolutely full of different types of immune cells and they're always on a little bit mm -hmm. they're always on keeping you protected making sure everything's going right yeah they're always on keeping your muscle growing yep uh they can help with your brain functioning properly and clearing stuff out clearing stuff out of your liver yeah but when you kind of hype it up when you add stuff in that turns the immune system on trouble starts okay and, and, yeah. and that's when you start being aware or, or attributing certain things to inflammation yeah so not the day-to-day -day healthy when we train inflammation recovery all that type of stuff that's good uh acute inflammation i guess you would call is is good but that chronic uh high amount of inflammation is what you're referring to exactly so yeah. what say for example acute would be you roll your ankle mm. and it blows up and yep. swells like crazy yeah that's acute inflammation that joint and that's a good thing that's great yeah, i mean i love rolling my ankle and get a bit of information down there. I go, yippee yeah inflammation well, look at that <laughs> look at my ankle i might go do it now yes. hold on so essentially inflammation we're referring to a, a an overactive or a heightened immune system response Once, in the body yeah. all the time yeah okay so what then are these chronic or systemic causes of inflammation well we know obviously spraining the ankles acute yeah yep. you know doing a big volume workout acute but systemic, what are we looking at? Systemic, you're looking at your diet. So right. I think everyone listening to this already knows, eating a hell of a lot of gluten, high levels of sugar, which can turn some of your immune cells off for a little bit. So it gives bacteria or viruses or something that's poised, ready to strike. It gives it an advantageous position mm -hmm. to attack, right? Okay. So you, it can throw your gut off, it can throw your brain off, but eating crappy food for example is one thing you can do another is say there's a bus that just drove past outside the window here yeah uh, there's one going past right now yeah that's that's releasing <laughs> to all these people here mm -hmm. carbon monoxide into their lungs so now their lungs have to secrete some mucus and try and protect itself from mm -hmm. getting further damage from getting that stuff go into the lung cells okay now your lungs are built they have a very thin material that that uh can let anything pass through into the blood as a gas so your lungs want to make sure that you get air in but you don't get any of the other stuff yeah. in, right there's diesel fumes yeah so now you've got two things that can inflame you okay for um, example yeah for example yeah, yeah. Th there's a rampant things that can do it like bacteria and fungus and stuff like that in your house if you have like mold exposure and all that you know if you're sleeping with a wi-fi router next to your head Yep. That's probably not the best thing Th to do. thought you were going to say when you're sleeping with your wife. Yes. I was going to say, well, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely a, a stressful, <laughs> the immune response definitely on where that's yeah, happens. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, okay. RIP. 
I, I guess we're starting to tap into a touch of the Mark Schausers of the world yes. with this just Zeno toxic Hormans. burden, yep. you know, Horman kind of thing. You're eating a, a, a pro-inflammatory diet, so yep. with trans fats, processed foods, yeah. lots of refined sugars, yeah. yep. all that kind of stuff. So just generally speaking, so you, you gave the example of the exhaust and the lungs having to work hard, yep. but then maybe the digestive biome has been disrupted, so that's having to work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the, the sugars in your bloodstream are, you know, causing inflammation to the artery walls i know yeah, i think john bowden getting inflamed there spoke about that like it's like you get little scratches on the inside of your arteries mm-hmm. yeah and things like that so that's what we're looking at exactly and then say for with arteries the arteries have to pluck up so they got to fill up and sometimes your body will release something like cholesterol to try and patch it up it's like duct tape uh-huh. patching up that inside of the artery that you have a nick in unfortunately when you get so much cholesterol sitting in there you get white blood cells which are part of your immune system and they try and eat that cholesterol or try, try and sit there and patch it all up and make sure that it doesn't do anything that it's not meant to do. Mm. Unfortunately, when that cholesterol gets inside that white blood cell, you, it can actually turn into something called a foam cell. And a foam cell sits inside the artery, right? So it's, not, uh, it's in the actual wall of the artery mm. and it can slowly build up this fatty deposit and the cell just <laughs> dies. Can't move around, can't really do anything. So they build up and build up and build up, and then you get uh, a blocked artery. Right. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, that's not uh, as a result of having a, a diet high in fats producing cholesterol. It, it's a result of the cholesterol of coming to the inflammation. Exactly. So, yeah. so caused by the sugar, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. Okay. yeah. So Fascinating. It's, it's more inflammation than it is, you know, just eating extra cholesterol and yeah. extra fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. And the thing is, there also your body will just make cholesterol if it needs it. If you have the inflammation, you it doesn't. Exactly. You don't have to eat it. Yes. The liver will just produce it. Produce so it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, you got to get back to the root cause. Mm-hmm. Okay, mate. So in terms of of body composition then if we relate this back to uh, what our listeners would be primarily interested in yep. how does then uh, an inflamed high inflammation how will that affect someone's ability to to build muscle or burn body fat so your ability to add on some a slab of muscle is going to be directly related to how quickly your immune system can build the muscle for you so when you break down the muscle, say you've done 10 sets of 10 for squats. Mm-hmm. GVT. Yeah, GVT. And mm-hmm. your legs are killing you for yeah. the five days after and you can't sit down on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Your quads are in a hell of a state. They are highly inflamed. Yeah. Right. right. So your immune system, it's a bit of a misnomer. Like your immune system isn't just there to protect you from bacteria and viruses, which is, I think, how a lot of people see it. Yep. It's also there to build a scaffold inside your legs to help the muscle rebuild itself okay so if you're inflamed the the immune system has to be somewhere else at the same time okay so so it's also running into your gut to try and uh attack these offending foods that you're eating at the same time as trying to build muscle right so does the immune system actually does it work in conjunction with protein synthesis or how, how does it affect that process yeah if you're immune system can't get in there and help build out the network that's got to kind of quell that inflammation and, and allow and, the recovery and to and take allow place. the recovery to take place then you can be in a highly anabolic state but if your immune system is kind of useless then that anabolism is going to be uh, you know a large uh, percentage kind of okay. down okay it's I not going to be as efficient very interesting so we, yeah i mean we, we sort of focus on the the obvious with the uh, inflammation in the gut eating gluten inflame uh you know your micronutrient macronutrients you know you're you are what you absorb or yes. you assimilate not what you eat 
but then on a twofold as well as uh, assimilating more of the nutrients the very nutrients that you're putting in to, to grow uh, then the, the, the immune uh, function at the, the actual side of the muscle where y- according to Charles you need that to be part of the process is it's, it's happened on, on both fronts you know yes. and, then, and then wherever else the information is so there's less and less yeah. left to so it sounds like it's multi facet that's right process it, of uh, hypertrophy recovery yes it's a, a good argument for not and if it fits in your macros approach let's yeah. say you go and do your big hypertrophy workout 10 sets of 10 yeah. uh, GVT. GVT. Yeah. and then um, you know what you, you get 3,000 calories post workout so I'll go and eat a, a burger and a Big Mac or a, a pizza and whatever yep trans fats gluten mm. processed mm. sugars mm-hmm. sure you get the macros in but the inflammatory ramping up inflammation, yeah. taking away precious immune system response to help rebuild your quads, yep. is it's putting out uh, a flame in your gut. Yep, that's well, it. <laughs> no, that was the your flame and mongrel. I thought you're going to go there. Tom, you're getting <laughs> quite worked up. Reception, taking it reception, but uh, R.I.P. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to certainly get uh, world class uh, quads like uh, Big Dog. Yes, you know those those slabs of meat, you know that that nestle at the bottom of his mm-hmm. body, but. Yeah, fascinating. Like, I mean, you, you, you know, like inflammation, like uh, Charles said at the at the start, it's like, oh yeah, inflammation bad, mm, bad, bad. Got to stop it, you know. But uh, what but is why? it? Why? Why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that I think you shed some some light on that. Uh, it's good. Very good. Layman's terms. Layman's I like terms. It. So, mate, if we look at the other end of the spectrum, then so so let's say that we don't want to eat a, a, a pro-inflammatory diet, so we go for something more like the paleo approach where we you know really clean everything right up and it's just protein fats and veggies and and that kind of stuff is Mm. there is that kind of approach going to reduce inflammation yeah it will for a bit now if you go full paleo right so so you stop eating most of your starchy tubers and Uh, rice and all that and you've just kind of eliminated your resistant starch for example, no. I'll there come back to the gut. The gut, gut biome. Going back to the gut. Yes. Yeah, the biome. <laughs> yes. So if you stop eating this stuff, you're yep. not feeding part of the bacteria that line your gut. Mm-hmm. So if you pinch, right, your eyelid, close one eye, and the listeners it, can Let's just do it. Uh, okay. pinch I'm doing it. Yeah, one for your eyelid. Yep. Get it's a very thin, eyelid. right? Yes. Don't do this. It reminds me of something that translucent skin. It certainly <laughs> does. Very thin. But uh, <laughs> that that is how thin your gut lining is. Yes. Right. So people think you have this huge, robust, thick organ that's gonna, you know, take care of everything in, internally, right? Robust, <laughs> thick organ. Well, yes. We're still talking about the eyelid, are we? I oh, know. Yeah. Talking about the gut now. Okay. Continue. You're uh, <laughs> right. That, that's <laughs> you've Tom. Thrown, you've stop thrown it. me off. That is very easy to inflame and that can swell like crazy, right? If you stop eating uh, these resistant starches and stuff, the bacteria that sits this like film, this goo that sits on the inside is uh, the bacterial populations change. So there might be, you know, 20% this, 30% of this, 10% of this, different bacteria, right? Some of them are going to die off. So because the, the actual f- food that they feed on yeah, essentially is not there. They literally have nothing to eat. Yep. They can't eat protein. They yes. can't eat fat. Yep. So you've taken the one thing and you need these bacteria. Yes. Like if you don't have these things, you're, you're going to get sick. Yeah. And, and, and this is, I've heard you talk about this, and this is the issue with, with ultra low carb yeah. uh, nutrition. You yeah. know, they, that's great in theory. Yep. But when you, uh, and like I've always said that as well, I, I generally like to keep all 
uh, aside from alcohol. Uh, I like to keep some of the macronutrients, even when the guys are, are right down to the final stage of prep. There's still yeah. some carbohydrates, but it's a good argument to making sure that, that you know you do consume carbohydrates as well. Yeah, mm. totally. It's very important. The fact that uh, you can get like bloating and gas and distension and indigestion yep. from something as thin as your eyelid, yep. it's just showing you like how amazingly fast this thing can swell up. Yes. And to what extent it can swell up, to right. where you can barely sit down. So someone has a, a bad meal and they have that uh, response, or oh, they're all swollen and they, you know, they feel bloated. That's, that's essentially that, that little eyelid lining of the stomach yeah. swelling up yeah. to that capacity, which causes them, you know, they have to undo a belt buckle. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So uh, that's filled memories. with water and immune cells. And immune cells purposely fill stuff with water when they go to a certain site in the body. It's called edema. And Mm. when you get edema in the tissue, what they're trying to do is fill the cell with so much water, like pump it full of water so that nothing can get through. It forms a physical barrier. And it thinks if I can form this physical barrier, then all the crappy bacteria in there that's trying to kill me won't get through. Or conversely, if I get cut, blood won't get through the other way. Right. Self-preservation almost. Exactly. Exactly. But you could be doing that three times a day or six times a day if you're eating that many meals mm. if you're inflaming yourself mm. so if yeah. you have an intolerance or an allergy and you don't realize it yep. but you are getting you know bloating gas distension indigestion something like that every Those single signs. meal yeah you should be changing something okay uh just pausing there and uh rewinding a little bit the because some of our listeners and you know will advocate a i mean our, our listeners are probably a little more savvy than Pretty that savvy. they, they yeah. don't uh avoid carbohydrate the carb phobias but you also heard you talk about you can it can take a while to rectify that uh it's not just a simple matter of okay cool i've just screwed my my gut bacteria let's have a little bit of resistant starch so i'll have some you know some potato stuff like that it's not fixed instantly it no. could take a quite a lengthy process to get the the gut biome <laughs> back into uh you know, back into where it should be yeah absolutely so so it takes a while uh and you have to wait for your gut to turn over yeah, and you told me that. Yeah. So, so, so what this is it? Uh, the, Twelve months or eighteen months. Eighteen. So months. for yourself to, for your body to kind of be renewed, for all your cells to kind of turn over, uh, it takes around eighteen months. So I'm when I look over at Tom, that's a, a new version of Tom compared to eighteen yeah. months ago. When we started the podcast, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm a new podcast host. <laughs> yeah. Well, hello, uh, new Tom. <laughs> Much improved on the last one, mate. I didn't really like the last one. Thank you kindly. Yeah. yeah. So. The skin that you're looking at on everyone, right, has already shed off. You've heard uh, 90% of dust in your house. Oh, don't tell me this. Uh, I don't want to know. Is, is dead skin. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so the, where we're sitting right here, now. Is this a bit of cam on the top of this, uh, <laughs> yeah. on top of the mic here? Cam? Is this a bit of you over here, mate? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's, you're, you're shedding all the time, right? Yeah, Not a bit sure. of cam. Yeah. And that same process is happening in the gut. Yep. So you're losing in your small intestine, like, I think roughly and I could be wrong on this figure but it's around anywhere from like 5 million cells a day and then in the large intestine which is really big this is like meters long Mm. uh, you can lose I think up to like 50 to 70 million cells in a a single day okay so with the the lining of the actual gut then it's this uh, eyelid uh, translucent yep. sort of fabric. Yep. Uh, how long fabric. does it take that to turn over? If it, if it's turning over such at such a quick rate, I mean, how quickly does a layer of the stomach go and then come back? Uh, I think it's a few months. 
right. and, you, and it's kind of reset. Maybe reset. tell our listener about um, while we're talking about the gut, like uh, the non-steroidal uh, anti-inflammatories, uh, the nurofen, uh, ibuprofen, those types of things. Mm. Uh, you were talking about this as well. You know, what's what's the main issue with those? Because we know. You know, uh, they're not to use long term. Yes. Short term, acutely, that's fine. But what's the issue there? Because I, I heard you explain this and it was like a moment of clarity for me. Yeah. So if you are taking ibuprofen, if you're taking aspirin or any of these non steroidal anti inflammatories, or even worse, steroidal anti inflammatories, every single day, you are stopping your immune system from being on where you actually want it to be on. Yep. Now remember, it's always on, it's yep. got to be on keeping you safe and you have sentinels in the blood making and, and in the skin making sure that everything's okay making sure cell turnover which is when the cells die and then new cells which is stem cells have to uh, remake stuff right so that you know you persist right so for every cell that dies you kind of have to make another one yes. new, right so since you're always generating new ones five million per day because five million die a day yep non-steroidal anti-inflammatories stop that from happening so they can reduce how much these cells turn over right now when we found out about them that was awesome we thought okay there's something that actually causes inflammation like we could have solved something serious here because people get inflamed and that gives them cancer and insulin resistance and stuff like that yep we could be saving millions of lives this is incredible but it turns out that inflammation is what causes these cells to help turn over right and when they don't turn over properly, your gut slowly gets thinner and thinner and thinner. And you can actually give yourself internal bleeding. That's when you have the ulcers and all that stuff. When you get ulceration and stuff like that, you can get internal bleeding from just taking these anti-inflammatories over and over and over again for very long periods of time because the cells don't turn over. All right, so okay. You stop that natural process of, uh, yeah. of inflammation. Yeah. I see. So you swallow the anti inflammatory, so that's in the stomach. Yep. The old cells are dying as they usually would. Yep. But yep. the anti inflammatory is stopping the process of them returning of, of uh, new ones uh, being produced. Right. Yeah. And it's not stopping it completely, because otherwise yep. you'd kind of, you know, yeah. that, that would be a, be a lot one pill and you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but it is, uh, it's reducing it. it. Slows the process. Yeah. And then hence over a period of time, exactly. over a longer period of time. So what would be if you someone's injured or whatever and they're, they're, they're taking down inflammatories, what sort of length of time can you get away with? I would say maybe a week or two. Tom, how long's a piece of string, mate? Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones. Chicken or the egg. <laughs> Very hard to answer there. Yeah. So, but uh, we also spoke about this uh, when you were talking to the uh, the guys down at the CHPC in education. We sort of said, "Oh yeah, but what about if you've got, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and you can't move? Should we t- get off the anti-inflammatories?" And you said, "Well, you know, it's a lesser of two. Yes, you take the anti-inflammatories and you can walk. Mm. So do you, uh, you know, uh, have a, a gut that might be, you know, have issues and you can't walk, or you take the anti-inflammatory and walk? So obviously, yeah. there's a few things that supersede the." There, but this is we're talking general pop you yeah know, you got to have your priorities exactly yeah. exactly right we've got a bit of a, an overview then of what inflammation is mm-hmm. uh, how it can affect the body your yep. general health how yeah. it can impact body composition building muscle that kind of stuff what's the answer then mate i mean obviously it would, it would appear that having a good diet would be the first step in the right direction but not all paleo no still need your resistance starch yeah. carbs yeah i would say the answer is going to be keeping your inflammation down through diet obviously it's got to be mentally as well so you can't be constantly under stress right that's crazy important right 
you know how everyone's saying the fit fam is always saying we have a hundred times more stress than our yeah, grandfathers yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right does that mean grandpa was lazy no <laughs> it just means that we have a hell of a lot of stressors today that we didn't have a hundred years ago yeah, yeah. right so kind of dealing with that head on and that's something we're still learning to deal with because yeah. we're inventing all these new technologies and stuff we have no idea what the long-term kind of effects are on us yeah. it's not that they're inherently evil it's just that it's how we respond to it yeah. like mm. constantly having email on your phone yeah. right? how many times you just uh, go out on autopilot and you pull your phone out of your pocket and you just start you open Facebook you open yeah. Gmail yeah. you don't even think about it yeah. right and that's giving you a little dopamine response in your brain so you feel really good when you do it but you do it over and over and over and over again and when you get that response you're also getting a little uh, a little bit of adrenaline and a little bit of cortisol right, you're stressing yourself right, out slowly. Right, right. Right. and then that's playing with your blood sugar levels and then that's playing with your immune levels and then Okay. So it's this it's a it's cascade. Yeah, it's a cascade, right? Right. So, so taking care lifestyle. of that. So there's lifestyle, then there's diet. So yep. uh, figure out if you have an intolerance, figure out if you have an allergy. Yep. So if anything gives you bloating, gas, distension, indigestion. That's stop, a warning stop, sign. Stop, yeah, it's a warning sign. That's your body saying, hey, listen, I don't like this. I don't yep. want this food. I don't want, uh, this isn't good for me right now. Yep. Uh, the same, if you get lots of gas, right if you're walking around offending the people behind you mm. then you should probably stop eating that food right so yep, yep, yep. or if it's a if it's a new fiber it can actually be something called die-off right and die-off is when you have certain populations of bacteria literally dying on mass and when these bacteria pop because you have 10 times the number of cells of bacteria than you do your own body cells. Yes, yes. Okay. So yep, yep. The estimates are like anywhere from 60 to 300 trillion cells make up the human body. Yeah. Well, we, we've spoken about this before. We're yeah. actually walking bacteria. Yes, we, we are the, the bacteria's human. Yeah. <laughs> <Bacteria>. <laughs> ah, it hurts my head, Tom. <laughs> I can't comprehend that. Yeah. So uh, those bacteria are dying off right and when they die off because you eat something yeah so you eat crappy food uh, your body breaks it down it makes its way through the small intestine and your body absorbs whatever it can it goes into the large intestine into your colon and that's where trouble strikes because mm -hmm. now there's certain bacteria in there that are going to die off because you didn't feed them okay. right you should have given them a bit of food that they uh, wanted right. but you didn't give it to them and, and now starving. slowly they're starving and they're dying out and now since there's so many of them literally trillions you are popping them, right? They're dying off. And when they die off, their cell membrane just pops. Right. right. And inside is this liquid and gas. Right. So when uh. it dies off. <laughs> Picking up the dumbbells. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so when that happens, obviously you're going to be getting a little gassy. Yeah. So when you go down for that deadlift. Oh, no. oh yes. No. The bottom yeah. of the squat. Maddie Richardson. Richo. <laughs> <laughs> Anything below six reps. Yeah. Every set. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Lisa. Yeah. So, anyway. yeah. So that's die off. And when they do die off, they're also releasing something called LPS, which is lepopolysaccharides, which are part of the uh, membrane, right, of the bacteria. Okay. And that can actually stick to your muscle belly. And it sticks to something called TLR4, toll-like receptor 4. And when it sticks to that, it can actually make you more sore after a workout. Oh, so you're yeah. inflamed. You didn't feed your gut. You go and train, then you eat, you know, Maccas. You get a Whopper burger, yeah. and you can oh, you can oh, go wow. and uh, 
even make care. yourself more sore the day after even though you had extra calories yes on top of which you don't have the anti-inflammatory immune building response to build yeah. the framework within the muscle to support the scaffolding, it. The scaffolding. Mm-hmm. my mistake mm-hmm. <laughs> So another another uh, uppercut to the if it fits your macros. Mm. Yeah, Get that one right in there. <laughs> All right. So we've got the the, the lifestyle, oh, the nutrition, nutrition, anything. I mean, you know, we're after a magic pill here. Is there any sort yeah, of? Yeah, I mean the fish oil, omega threes, that type know, of stuff. Supplementation we can look at. Uh, supplementation wise would be uh, obviously the research on omega threes is brilliant. Yep. So uh, I don't think uh, anyone's going to dispute that anytime soon. Yep. Although people do go read the blogosphere of the. And, you know, fitness blogosphere, and you're going to find people who are uh, rejecting everything you say. Mm-hmm. But, what? Uh, uh, we'll just, just pause there for one second. What are your recommendations? With uh, I know the the back in the day, some of the some of the coaches out there were you know 30 to 40 grams of fish <laughs> oil a day. Yeah. Uh, you obviously you know you've changed just the, y- y- your opinion on things as you learn more. Yeah. What are you recommending at the moment in well, regards to I, the fish oil? Of course, I've learned a lot from you. I've learned yeah. a lot from you as well. But the my ideas now on it have changed after kind of reading up on the most current literature yeah. that, that I kind of can. There's a lot of it, yeah, so I've covered everything. But A, uh, krill is better than fish oil. Yep. So there's a study that was saying you can replace your omega-3 content in your body faster with less krill oil yeah. than fish oil. Okay. Right? Yep. And they think it's because there's this thing called astaxanthin, which is a, um, an antioxidant in the krill. This okay. ma- makes it look red. But so I use a little bit of that, but maybe like three to six grams as opposed to you know 40 grams. Yeah. Okay, 40 seems to be a bit excessive, yeah. And krill would be your weapon of choice there. Unfortunately, it's taken the food uh, from the whales, but uh, just throwing it out there that plenty is plenty of krill in the sea, yeah. Is there, Tom? <laughs> is there so krill oil, three to krill, six grams, yep. yep, yeah. Krill, um, for inflammation, also magnesium. R- Oh yeah, oh, as okay. well. Yeah, that's another huge. another one from another win for magnesium. Yeah, so cortisol, right? The oh, cortisol, the, the great white shark of hormones. Cortisol yeah. is released when you get inflamed. Okay. Cortisol is a potent anti-inflammatory. Yep, yep, yep. Right? Yeah. So you can inject cortisone, right? Which is basically cortisol once it's injected in the body. Yep. Injections to ah, stop inflammation. inflammation. So they're yeah. literally directly injecting cortisol into you straight at the side right Right. and then the inflammation goes down okay okay that's what it does systemically so your body produces it in the adrenal glands Mm -hmm. drip feeds it into the blood and then it tries to stop that inflammation and take it down a step right okay and magnesium helps lower cortisol yeah so magnesium can help you have uh you kind of have to buffer the cortisol effect one way the that your body does that because you know your blood is very precious so your body's always trying to protect it and you can say magnesium is the second or the fourth most abundant mineral mineral in the body right the we're not yep. exactly sure where yep. the rankings are but it's, it's right it's up pretty there. important right yep. mm. it's stored mostly in bone right there's lots in the serum but that stays pretty stable but it's mostly in bone so your body will dissolve its own bone yeah to out. push uh, more ma- magnesium, magnesium into the blood i see right yeah. and that's why they think kids today you know anywhere from 14 to 16 to 18 mm, are getting more more when, yeah, 14, when yeah, i was yeah. there training with charles poliquin <laughs> yeah um th- these kids are getting worse concussions and breaking bones and stuff because they're drinking uh, soft drinks and eating these crappy inflammatory foods, right. Right? their bones are being pulled uh, of, of all their magnesium yes. and these minerals that also give them structural integrity. Yes, yes, so the yes. bones now suck at holding you up and protecting you 
right? Mm. And uh, that's because you've inflamed yourself so heavily. Yeah, yes, and probably getting less from their diet as well, just due to the overall nutrient uh, deficiencies in the food that we yep. eat. Yeah, because yep, yep, yep. our soils nowhere near as abundant yes. in uh, you know magnesium and chromium and zinc and all these all these you things. Know, Fascinating. We were. Um, so, I just wanted to ask you about the um, the curcumin as well, Charles, because yep. uh, we we spoke about that briefly in this episode as well. Is that a good one from your perspective? Yeah, I like curcumin. It's um, I've seen studies on curcumin reducing COX two. And COX-2, there's a book written about it by James Laval, it's pretty good. COX-2 is part of the inflammatory cascade, right? So your immune cell goes up to, you know, a random cell in the body that it thinks is being attacked or needs to be inflamed for whatever reason. And the immune system can release a little messenger. And that messenger travels over to the cell and the cell understands it has a receptor on there. And that receptor then passes the cell from the outside to the inside of the cell. Now you have a message on the inside of the cell. So there's a protein or an enzyme that goes in there and it goes to the nucleus. And there's COX-2 is uh, being released or activated, Mm -hmm. right? And that, in the case of, say, cancer, can actually increase uh, metastasizing. So the cancer moving about the body and stuff. It can also increase cell turnover. So how quickly your cells divide. Right, which is the problem with cancer anyway. Mm. But that that COX-2 pathway is why your gut cells are turning over. So it's what gets turned off when you have ibuprofen. Right. So it's telling the cells, hey, we need more cells. So COX-2 is getting inflamed, is is part of that inflammatory cascade and it's really important. Curcumin, if you have too much inflammation and you have too much cell turnover, curcumin can actually reduce COX-2. Right. Yeah. So mm. so it can uh, reduce the abundant levels of COX two. And what type of you you recommend one type of curcumin? Yeah, I like the uh, phytosomal curcumin. So yes. you can get normal curcumin with bioperine or piperin, right? Uh, but that will help make you absorb everything. Yeah, that's so the issue. The, with the, the bioperine yeah. everything in. Exactly. So it kind of un- unlocks the gate, so to speak. So if you have something crappy with it. Right. So if you accidentally eat something that you uh, don't want to get absorbed if at a high level, macros, another one, another yes. uppercut. <laughs> you are, <laughs> yeah. you're going to absorb that extra if you take bioperine as well okay. right. with the curcumin. If you take curcumin by itself, just as a herb, it'll deflame your gut. It'll stop inflammation in the gut, but it won't get absorbed okay. into the bloodstream. Mm. So great for the gut, but not great for the gut, systemic. not for the blood. Yeah. Okay. But if you take phytosomal curcumin, yes, what they've done is. You get these little droplets of fat. They hide the curcumin inside this little droplet of fat, right? It's like a little ball where they've hidden curcumin inside. So you eat this phytosomal curcumin, and then the body looks at it, sees it in the small it's intestine, and it says, "Oh, well, this, this is just a droplet of fat. Yeah, this has got you know fat-soluble nutrients and Great. vitamin A Suck and K and all that. So let's absorb it. Once it's absorbed inside the gut, the fat breaks apart and unleashes the curcumin." Unleashed. Now oh, it's yeah. in the blood. I tell you what, if the anti-inflammatory benefits weren't enough, then that little bit of lab coterie yes. is yeah. enough to get on the curcumin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. And is that the long veda curcumin? Is that is that the one you're referring to there as well? Like I, I see. Yeah. Uh, Mariva. Okay. Mariva. Mariva. Uh, Mariva. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Mariva curcumin. Uh, dosages there. I know Christian uh, Tippy Toes. He he's a big fan of the curcumin. He goes quite high, mm. ten to fifteen, I think, at grams a day. That's uh, quite a lot. I've yeah. been doing uh, what you, two to four thousand milligrams yep. a day for about ten weeks, 
And what about yourself? What sort of dosages do you recommend? Yeah, I, I, I'm not going so aggressive as kind of 15 grams, but I know with curcumin, it's not as bad as having a pharmaceutical in your bloodstream. So your body is right. more easily, uh, you know, able uh, from to an detox or kind of uh, get rid of it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm more aggressive with it when something calls for that aggression. So yes. if you have serious joint pain, your back's killing you or whatever, go to town on the curcumin. Right, pump okay. it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. But long term, I would keep it low dose. Because so you're still you're still attacking the same pathway, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. Okay. But right. two to four grams, yeah, I, I can't see uh, anything yeah. too bad with that. Yeah. Any, anything, any other uh, little uh, tricks up your sleeve there for information? Um, Aside from, uh, I mean, you know, let's let's get some uh, facts across to our listeners as well. I mean, fundamentally, the nutrition is going to be the biggest uh, and lifestyle. They're the two key things you really want to before you have a crappy lifestyle and uh, poor nutrition and chuck down a uh, two to four grams of curcumin. It's not going to yeah. get you out of the woods. You still want to address yeah. uh, fundamentally those those two big big players. But yeah, exactly. uh, anything else that you like there? Just regular strength training, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's a big one. Well, we're a big fan of that on yeah. Under the Bar. Yeah, yes. yeah. Not that I do much of it these days, but <laughs> Tom certainly and yourself do train uh, quite hard. That's good. Okay. Okay. Righto, mate. Well, I guess as we wrap it up, mate, the the exciting things for the future of medicine and where we, we might be going, you said that you, you spent a bit of time looking at the stem cell research. Yeah. So can you uh, enlighten us with where well, is, we might be looking? Is he allowed to? Into the, yeah, yeah, is it yeah, classified? I might, yeah. I might have to kill you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's some really cool stuff going on over there. So okay. they have, uh, with stem cells, your body has these populations of cells that can remake anything. So if you're losing skin all day, right? A bit and of cam here. Yeah, cam there. a bit of cam there. Yeah. If, you're, if you're shedding skin and you're, you know, you're constantly growing hair and you're constantly losing cells in the gut, mm. where are you getting new ones? Right? Yeah. You have these small population of cells called stem cells that stem the rest of the population right mm -hmm. so your body protects them we figured out very recently i think uh 2013 so very recently was when we could start really uh forcing any stem cell to turn into any body tissue uh -huh. right we can start creating organs in a lab wow Is so this, we're going down the dolly the path are you going to mention yeah do dolly the Dolly, sheep. The sheep. Yeah. We're <laughs> going, <laughs> our listener? yeah yeah he didn't know that one did no, you man. Tom? No. yeah well Super coach over here. <laughs> Do tell. So that uh, Dolly was the clone. Oh. She was the sheep, right? And they cloned her from mammary tissue, right? So breast tissue. That's why they called her Dolly. Yeah, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, right? I knew I remembered her yes. for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Dolly, cans. Came uh, back to the cans. The old lobster tube. Yes. Shifting away. <laughs> yep. So something they're doing now is actually growing a pancreas in a lab. Now, ah. you guys know type 1 diabetes yep. is when your immune system attacks the beta islets, the beta cells in your pancreas. Okay. So you can't make your own insulin. Mm. So now they're growing pancreases in a lab. And if they can inject it into you, they don't even have to, even have to open That's up right. your abdomen. Just they, can, they could implant it on your shoulder, on your foot, on your leg. And it'll make its way to the pancreas. <laughs> no, 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 it, it doesn't even have to go to the pancreas. It can just sit there. As long as it has blood flow, it will control your blood sugar for you. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that's what they're figuring out now. So we're <laughs> on the verge of a disease that 100 years ago, this will kill you. Yeah. If, you if you got type 1 diabetes, that's your it. body was attacking you. Sorry. That's yeah. a game probably going to die. And it, it, you spoke about this. Is this where the sort of ethical, you know, should we be doing this? Shouldn't we be doing that? Yeah. That so... so 
once you see, hey, we can grow organs, you realize, hey, we can actually grow humans. And this is oh. where it gets really, really, uh, you know, fuzzy, awesome. fuzzy territory. Really, really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there were a few lectures on ethics and how we're going to approach this. Uh, and ethics, com- ethics. <laughs> Let's build a few people. In yeah. the coming decades. They're, they're there'll not be sure a, if someone has a, been built. A secret lab in the yes. desert in America. They're doing it right now. Yep. They could be walking among us. Yes. In fact, you might not actually be Tom. <laughs> yeah. You could be the, yeah. the clone. Dolly. There's, a, <laughs> there's cults out there who say they've already cloned humans. And if you give them, I think it's like 50000 or or $100,000, they'll <laughs> clone you so that if you get sick, you can get the organs from your clone and put them in you. Oh, and you'll be well, healthy. So saving up. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, that's really yeah. Uh, interesting. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Love it, science. They also yeah. good. Uh, refuse to give any evidence or proof, but... Yeah, I trust them. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Of course you yeah. do. Course. Well, mate, I mean, you're only 14. You're still gullible. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. That's right. Um, face. Righto, Charlie. Well, mate, that's been fascinating. Thank you for your time. Mm. Uh, thank uh, you. Anyone listening, if you'd like to, uh, you know, do a bit of work with Charles or train yep. with him, you can uh, contact Clean Health via the website. Or yep. He's, he's got a blog up. Yeah, I've got a blog that I'm just starting up. Walkermedisci.wordpress.com. Okay. Uh, Walkermedsci. Medsci. So My med- mistake. That's right. 14. Medisci. Medisci. Hey, very loose, loose today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> loose. So, yeah, right. if, if you want to check that out, that's walkermedsci. M-E-D-S-C-I.wordpress.com. Yeah. Um, starting that up. Yeah. And uh, I hope, I mean, I'd like to see Charles more in an educational capacity uh, mm. at Clean Health. I really think... Uh, a lot to offer. You, yeah, I think yeah. you should really head down that path. So yeah. maybe uh, over the coming months that might come into fruition. Definitely. All right, Charles. Thanks for your time, awesome, mate. mate. Awesome. Well done. Thanks, Thanks a lot. buddy. Talk Thank to you, you soon. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Oh, well, there it was. Very professional here. That was Tom Chooses Medulla. Medulla date. Medulla date. I'm sticking to the plan. You are. Charles Walker. Yeah, no. He, he, well. he's, uh, he explains it in a way that um, that you actually get, which mm. I really love with Charles. And uh, passionate. He's just loves what he does. He, he loves, loves being Charles. Yeah, he does. Basically, he just loves yeah. being, uh, being, uh, loves being Charles, Charles Walker, Texas Ranger. And so I, I guess a few tips there for uh, inflammation. Obviously, eat a clean diet. Keep your stress as low as you can. Do your yeah. best to, to reduce your toxic burden. Yep. All those basic things that we've spoken about many times in the program. Yep. Supplement with a bit of curcumin on the side, a little bit of krill oil, three to six Loves grams krill. per yep. day. And uh, you're on your way to a less inflammation, a better immune response, and uh, mm-hmm. building more muscle mass. Yep. They can let us know. Send us emails through to podcast at cleanhealth.com.au with your experiences with playing around with dropping calories. Dropping those calories down. Dropping yeah. those calories down and seeing body fat. And... Well, Rodan, a new era for you, mate. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, But you'll yeah. be here with the podcast every I'll be, fortnight. I'll be here with the podcast, uh, you know, filling you in with uh, what's happening in my world, which yep. will, will, will give it a nice dynamic uh, with uh, my competitors and whatnot. So the Dubois Method, uh, info at thedubuismethod.com or uh, you know, the Dubois Method at gmail.com. Hmm. Either of those two. Onwards and upwards. Yeah. Thanks for listening.